Hello everyone and welcome to episode 31 of On the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And I am Dan Alika. I am Auto Trader's road test editor. So we obviously work at Auto Trader. We get so many questions about selling your car versus trading into a dealer. So we thought we would take this opportunity to kind of demystify all that and explain it in a really simple way. Um, also how to sell your used car for top dollar because we all know that uh, when you're selling your used car you want to get the most amount of dollars back in your pocket as possible. Um, and we get a lot of questions about that. So let's start off this episode, Dan. Yes. Um, what are some top tips on selling your used car for top dollar? Um, I think, well, so there are some differences depending on the province or territory you live in. Um, so just make sure that the paperwork is in order. Like in Ontario, for example, you do need a used vehicle information package. That's not the case in all provinces. Um, so just kind of look at your regional or your local um, rules and regulations to make sure that you're following, because that's something that the seller has to provide. Um, it's not something that the buyer does. So you need to go, or I think you can order that online now through, through the MTO. What does that include? It's basically just like the ownership history um, and, you know, some basic information about the vehicle um, to show you know, the title and everything like that. Um, so it's, it's documentation within the, the ministry. Let's Smart. put it, okay. let's put it like that. But, um, so that's, so just make sure like if you're in Ontario, get that, um, depending on where you live, if you need a similar package, I don't know. I can't speak for, for other provinces. When I lived in Alberta, um, I didn't need anything like that, but the buyer was from BC and so he had to, I remember he had to get something through, um, I think it was through whatever the I, ICBC, like the insurance mm -hmm. company there. Um, so just make sure that you you have all that in order. More basically, um, and guys, keep in mind, this isn't us just being like, oh, sell your car on AutoTrader. <laughs> it is smart because it's A, it's free. Um, B, there's just so many other listings. So you're kind of putting yourself in a in a good pool of, of uh potential cars that, that people are looking for, um, and, and potential buyers, but, um, just make sure to take good photos, clean the car first. There's nothing worse than when you look at a listing and you see somebody's left their receipts and change yeah. and, and trash in the car. It's so, it's such a turnoff. But you think that's a really obvious thing for people. Yeah. Apparently it's not because we, we search through the marketplace all the time just for fun stuff. And the kinds of pictures that people are taking are just like really bad sometimes, yeah. you know? So like do the bare minimum, the absolute bare minimum I suggest is run your car through a car wash yep. and give it a good vacuum Absolutely. and dust all of the surfaces. That's like the bare, bare minimum of what you should be doing <laughs> if you're a smoker um you know take it i would recommend just going to get it detailed try to do your best to scrub that smell but also don't hide the fact that you smoked in the car because you know they're the person that's buying it is going to notice anyways so just be forthright about everything um same that thing includes with, all damage yes. too just honesty is the best policy um you never want to surprise someone with something bad so yeah. just if there's any rust or any damage or anything like that just be really honest with it and document it in your pictures because it will help yeah and and so yeah the photos a good write-up 
um, helps. I mean, you know, the funny ones are, are always good. I love the one you wrote when you were selling your Miata. I can't even, I tried to block that from my memory. I know because it, it's very sad. It it's emotional. like a bittersweet moment, yeah. but you're, the, the way you wrote your listing was so beautiful. Yeah, I tried to like, you know, just, just make it appealing on that personal level um, because that's, you know, the type of car it was. My buddy wrote a funny one for his motorcycle that he had it listed for like you know, something like $80,000. For then, a motorcycle? Well, but then, like, the first line is something about, you know, like, willing to knock about 75000 <laughs> off the price. It's just something to get get the person's attention, right? So you, you have something that's that kind of stands out. Get them to click on it. Um, but then good photos. So, you know, phones these days, the cameras are amazing. We recommend shooting in the shade, whether it's an overcast day. That's kind of the perfect conditions. Overcast day get out there, take some photos. That way you don't get any hot spots on the car or like the background isn't all blown out uh, and the foreground is dark. Yeah. So just like make sure, do your best. If, if it's if there's, if there's it's not a cloud in the sky, okay, fine. Go to a park, get some nice oak trees, park under there so you can take advantage of that because it just shows the car um, in a consistent light. Yeah, I think that's the Yeah, it's better to see the details that way too if there's yeah. no like harsh sunlight on yeah. it. But also, I know this also sounds really obvious, but like give your lens a little wipe before you start taking oh, pictures. Oh yeah, you like that tip. People just forget it. And yeah. then if you don't do it, it ends up like, it, it looks like you took your photos with a potato. So yeah. you don't want that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I always recommend to people is, is keep your service records. Um, and keep them organized because if if uh, a buyer sees that you've taken good care, followed the service maintenance, um, they might be willing to pay extra for that peace of mind. Yeah, that's what it all comes down to, right? I think like nobody necessarily goes through, uh, unless you're talking classics or, or like a high performance right. car. Um, but yeah, just to see like a folder that's neatly organized. Also keep in mind, you can get a lot of those records through your dealer. Um, that's the one thing that that is nice about you know getting your vehicle serviced uh, at a dealer facility is that you can get all those records pretty easily through them. It also means that you know a, a potential buyer can can trace all of that stuff back. Um, same thing if there's any recall notices, if you haven't gotten them taken care of, it's just one more step. Keep in mind those are those any recall work, it's free of charge. It's not a bad idea to get it taken care of. Um, and just even, so the next person won't have to well, do yeah, it. Well, yeah, exactly. So you're just, it's its kind of value added for them. It's like, why not do that, kind of take that hassle out? And even uh, a mutual friend of ours, Derek McNaughton, he bought an old Toyota Land Cruiser, whatever. Cool. Like from the, from the 80s. And uh, he f discovered that there was a recall out on like, I think it was like the brake lines or something like that, that had never, the work had never been completed. It was recalled in the 80s? Yeah. Oh, wow. And he got that work done. Um, this was only like a couple years yeah. ago. So it's like, you know, but it, anyways, any of that sort of stuff, those, those if they if it's never been addressed, that work is, is, is available. Again, through your dealer, you can figure all that stuff out. It's not a bad idea just to take care of all of that so that a potential buyer knows that you've mm -hmm. kind of done the job, you're you're selling that peace of mind. Um, it's sa it's the same thing with um, safety test, right? Is that a is that different from province to province? Yes, but it's that's pretty standard. So a safety or a certification. Um, 
most you know it's it's anywhere it's like emissions testing that used to be a thing that mm-hmm. that varied um that doesn't exist in most places nowadays but yeah safety like a vehicle has to pass a safety inspection yeah and um, i would just pay to do that ahead of time so that so that the potential buyer doesn't have to pay to do it yeah and so for for those of you out there who are on the flip side who are shopping for a new vehicle so what you're going to look for a listing that says that the vehicle is being sold as is that is a person's way of saying that they haven't done the safety. Again, that peace of mind that comes with it, it's not a guarantee, but what it means is that a licensed mechanic has gone through, inspected that vehicle and has put their signature on it. So let's just say that you buy the car and you find out that there's a hole in the floor. You can look at that safety inspection certificate and see who the mechanic was who did the inspection and that's who you can kind of take up your your issue with. Um, so yeah, like Jody said, make sure, or I, that's how I mm-hmm. have sold cars in the past. And there is, a, they expire after they a certain do. amount it's, of time, I think right? In Ontario, I believe it's only like thirty or forty-five days. Right. Um, so kind of do that in a timely manner. The other way you can do it, if you're worried, I mean, right now the market's pretty hot. So if you're posting a vehicle for sale, like you know, chances are you're going to get some bites pretty quick. Um, if you're confident that the vehicle is going to pass a safety inspection or you don't mind paying the money, should there be an issue, you can always post it as like selling certified. Don't necessarily get the inspection done right away. Um, because if it does, if the car sits on the market for a while, you're going to have to go spend that whatever, 150 bucks again. Um, so it's, it's not a bad idea to wait, but if you don't know and you want the answer beforehand, pay for it and take the gamble. And if, and, and some mechanics are pretty good about, you know, like knowing if they know you like, okay, well the the vehicle hasn't changed. They're not going to charge you for the full safety inspection, but either way, think about it like this. Even if you're selling a car, let's say, I mean, you know, the, the old beaters don't necessarily exist anymore, but let's just say you're selling something for only a, a couple grand, mm-hmm. you know, to spend even 300 bucks because you have to get the safety done twice in the grand scheme of things, it's worth it. Um, if you want to sell it as is, okay, that's fine. You know, buyer beware. And I don't mean that, you know, the seller is a shifty person. It just means you could buy something and find out, oh, it needs a full brake overhaul. Yeah. Right. And that's an expensive yeah, and I mean, some Thanks. people are willing to take that risk. Yeah. You know, if you're really handy and you can rent yourself, that might not be a big deal. But for a potential buyer, that might be that might turn them off completely. So you just have to be really honest about stuff. And the bigger one for me with the safety, it's, you know, stuff like that. There's always going to be parts that, you know, those are what I term like consumables, right? Um, so that's fine. Wear and tear, brakes suspension, that sort of stuff. The bigger thing that the safety is going to look for that you might not be able to to notice yourself um, are structural flaws, holes in the vehicle. The other thing to look at is the ownership and just make sure that you're buying. Like, It's fine uh, to buy what's termed a salvage record, which means like the vehicle has been. So when you look at the ownership, again, in Ontario, it'll have, you know, like the, the type um, and if it says like a salvage, it means the vehicle was was in a crash and it's been repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, a salvage title, whatever, it's not the end of the world because it it's allowed to be on the road. But again, for peace of mind, it might not be what you're looking for. So what you want to look for, if it says like brand none, 
mm-hmm. that means like there's no record on on file of anything with the title being salvaged, you know, wrecked, whatever. Right. Um, um, and then if you do see that it has been salvaged, uh, usually they'll be selling it for a bit of a discount because they know they won't be able to move it so. at a higher price. But who knows? These days, yeah. you know, pricing is crazy. We, we went over that in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for like getting top dollar. It's pretty like totally. standard stuff. You yeah. know, if you took good care of your car and you have records, you know, people, people will pay extra for that. Um, you know, just, just take care of your stuff yeah. and it'll take care of you. The other thing to consider, and it's, you know, if you're, especially if you're selling a, a second vehicle or like a surplus vehicle, like I did with my Miata, it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily apply, but if you're, if you're upgrading your your vehicle, uh, the trade-in versus selling privately is always something that I you know get questions about. Same. Friends talk to me about this all the time. So you know, let's say I don't know you're replacing a ten-year-old vehicle. Um, should you trade that in to the dealership or sell it privately once you buy your your yeah. new vehicle. So let's talk about the pros and cons of both. So you could sell your car privately at retail value. You'll get more money in your own pocket that way. Let's well, I don't want to no guarantees. It's there's just, no guarantees, but the okay, so the difference is when you're when you're trading in versus selling it privately, you're doing all the work, you're doing all the legwork, you're taking all the pictures, you're listing it, um, and you have to deal with all of the inquiries that come in, all the questions, all the people that want to come see it. So it'll, it might take you longer to sell it, but at the end of the day, you might get more money back in your pocket. So it's, it's, a, it's a chance you can take. Yeah, whereas like a dealer, obviously, you know, they want their end, they, so there's going to be a margin there. So let's say, again, just a hypothetical, if the vehicle is worth $10,000, right? It's rare that a dealer would give you that 10 grand. Yeah, because they have to buy your vehicle at wholesale price. Because well, they don't then, have to. Well, it's just like they're, they're, they, what they want is, is the biggest margin possible. Yeah, right? so they, they have to make money on your car. So they have to sell it to someone else. And so they have to leave enough margin there. And so... But they, but that means that they're doing all the work, right? So exactly. you don't have to take care of the tire kickers and all the questions and yeah. stuff. So you're really just paying them for that convenience. Yeah. The other thing to consider nowadays, um, especially because of just the the craziness um, of prices and a lack of inventory, is let's say you're coming off lease. It's not a crazy idea to go to your dealer or or a, a used dealer and gauge their interest in buying the vehicle from you. So they can't do that outright. Um, but what they can do is, so they'll, basically they'll look at the value because the way that leasing works is you're paying for, you know, your time with the vehicle. So if it's a two year lease um, and you figure you're gonna rack up 12,000 kilo, 12, kilometers a year. So you're gonna pay for the, the MSRP less the residual value. So what the retained value is. So let's say it's a $30,000 vehicle and it's figured to be worth $22,000. So what you're paying for over that two year term, as long as you don't exceed the mileage and all that stuff is the $8,000, right? But if that, because of the market and how crazy it was, or it has been, if the vehicle is actually worth more than that now, it's instead of just you know, turning in your lease, 
it's not worth inquiring with your dealer to see because if it's now worth let's say 26 or even thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars because there's been a lot of that lately where the vehicles have been worth roughly the same as msrp after a couple years they will buy that vehicle from you so what they'll do is they they will cut you a check for the value of that vehicle that they're willing to pay which is more than you would so let's say your buyout again is twenty two thousand dollars and they're willing to give you 24. you can pocket two thousand dollars just by trading that vehicle into the that leased vehicle in so you know make sure that you're looking out for yourself um again doing trade-in on an owned vehicle it is way more convenient. It's, it is so convenient. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of benefits to doing that because you go, you're dealing with one person yeah. and they bundle all of that transaction into a single transaction. So it's a lot less of a headache. Uh, and then there's also tax benefits too. So if you're trading in your own vehicle for a new one, like if you're upgrading, that will reduce the amount of tax you have to pay on your new vehicle. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you might end up saving like... Mm, Fifteen hundred bucks, yeah, maybe hundreds or even thousands, yeah. depending on the price. It's it is there there it is nice to do it that way. Um, the other one is the tire kickers, yeah, and and what your you know kind of um, let's say like the risk assessment of letting someone come drive your personal car. Yeah. When I sold my Miata, uh, the guy who bought it from me was amazing, and one of the things. So I was like ready and willing for him to take it for a, for a test drive. And uh, he was like, no, I, I don't want to drive it yet because I don't have like the cash on me, mm. um, which I thought was like a really noble approach to test driving where he wanted to make sure that he had like the envelope of cash in case he crashed it. Right. That way he could, you know, pay me for his for his mistake. Um because that is one of those things, like the liability of letting a stranger drive your car uh, who may or may not be interested. That's the other thing is gauging serious interest versus people that are yeah. just coming to have some fun. Yeah. And so, again, the the trade-in takes all of that stress out of it, especially if you have, like, a performance car or a manual. The last thing you want to do is let somebody with no experience driving manual take your manual transmission car out for a spin so painful and and they're not they don't know what they're doing and then they could cause damage that you have to actually pay out of pocket you can't hold that person responsible if you've willingly given them the key and remember that crazy story um i don't know it was last year sometime about those guys that drove that audi through the mall the mall just just north of toronto and the car was stolen from the Montreal area. And the insurance company, I don't know what the what the verdict was in the end, but the insurance company wasn't going to cover it because the car was listed for sale and she willingly let the eventual thief drive, because he showed up like, hey, I'm just here to test yeah. drive this car. And then he like kicked her out of the car and took off. Yeah, And the that's insurance company story. was like, now, obviously, I'm not trying to scare you guys out there and like, you know, that's obviously one in a million, but it's, it's, those are those risks you take with a test drive and the liability is yours, yeah. not the other person's. So for me, the convenience of just trading it into a dealer is totally worth it because I don't have the time or the energy to be dealing with people, all those questions that come in, right? Yeah. But if you have the time and the energy, it's a re- it could be a really good Space option Space is another you. one, yeah. right? I mean, this is something that I, I've talked with people about. If you've got a driveway or a garage at home, sure, that's fine. Buy a new car, 
park your other one outside, put a sale for sale sign in the window, post it on Auto Trader, and and wait it out. But like, if you live in a like for you, for example, you have one parking spot yeah. in your building. I'd have to get rid of it right. You'd away. have to get rid of it because you you can't you yeah. don't have the space, especially if you don't know. It's one thing if if it's like you've got someone lined up and you know so you could put it in visitors for a couple nights. But if you're posting it for sale and just like waiting for for the right offer to come in. You don't have the space to do that. And I think a lot of people are in that position. Or even if you do have a driveway, multi-car household, you don't want to be jockeying cars all the time. What's your time and energy worth? Yeah. And if it's only going to make you an extra even nowadays, if it's only like a couple grand, you know, I'd seriously consider just trading it in and, and you know, kind of. Just because it's so convenient. Yeah. Um, just wash your hands of it and move <laughs> on, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I know we work at AutoTrader, so we're always trying to pump it up, but there's a really good tool on there where it's called like, what's my car worth? So you can just like plug in all the details and it will give you like a realistic estimate based on a whole bunch of fancy algorithms about how, how much you should be asking privately versus how much you might be willing to, to let it go to a dealer for. And so it's nice to have that tool. Yes, um, I've used that tool a lot. There's like also no obligation. Like you don't, you just type in your information. I think it's really easy. The other thing about that is like, be realistic, you know, Obviously, nowadays, it's tough because prices are, you know, higher than than they were pre-pandemic. But yeah, try to try to look at what else is out there. Uh, look at comparables before you price your vehicle. Don't, you know, don't undersell it. Don't don't over don't overprice it. Um, be realistic. And then the flip side of it is if you're a buyer, like when I, I remember posting the Miata and I don't remember how much I posted it for. But the first message I got was some guy offering me like six grand less than I had it listed That's for. That's just and insulting. I, was like, I wouldn't even respond I to that. I didn't. But I but I like I laughed, right? And lowballers. I always love the people that post and then they're like, you know, like tell lowballers to take a hike and not even bother. And it's true, but it's like, come on, man. Like, what do you think? Somebody posted something and they're really going to take like 50% less. Oh yeah, I was waiting for this offer. Like you're the person. No, that especially I... because the Miata is like an indemand. Like everyone loves it. Yeah. No one's going to let yeah. it go for less than I what I felt it's like worth. messaging that guy back after I sold it to be like, hey, guess what, man? I sold it for my list price. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, I don't um, know what those people are up to. I just wish, yeah, just be realistic on both ends of the deal. Like, yes, you're, you, you know, if you're buying a vehicle... You, do, do your thing, try to get a deal, but, you know, be reasonable, especially when you're dealing with a private sale. Yeah. I don't think it's right to be. There was one other tip crazy... that I forgot. Okay. Uh, if you're selling your used vehicle to get top dollar, if you've made any upgrades or if it comes with tires or if you've done anything special to it or you, you, you got upgrades when you purchased it, definitely add that to the listing because yeah. that, you know, other people might be interested in that too. That's the other side. It's like, you know, sometimes it might be worth um, your time and energy. Let's say you have like a fairly new set of winter tires on a dedicated set of Rams yep. and it's a fairly standard, you know, let's say it's something like a Honda CRV. So it's like popular, the bolt pattern is, is you know, pretty widespread. Um, you know, you might wanna keep those and sell them privately mm -hmm. if, if somebody isn't willing to pay that kind of premium for lack of a better term. Um, for those extras and you've got space in your basement or your garage to keep the tires until next fall, you know, it might be worth it. But again, 
I look at a lot of this stuff and go like, what, you know, why not just kind of get on with it? It's just so much Move more convenient. And yeah. if I was a buyer, I'd be like, oh, it comes with everything. That's great. Exactly. One less thing for me to do. The other thing, and this is like a Justin Pritchard, one of our contributors, good guy. He, you know, he writes these, they're, they're really valuable. You can find them on autotrader.ca slash editorial where they're used vehicle reviews. Um, so Justin's got a lot of experience and does a lot of research on these to talk about vehicles that are generally like, you know, within let's say four or five years old. Um, and one of his major points that I am a big proponent of as well is like, be careful with performance upgrades. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, as a seller, you should list them. You shouldn't, you know, hide them because they can add value, especially if it's stuff like wheels, that's a big one winter tires being extra that's great um if you're looking at a vehicle and it's been tuned it's been modified it's been chipped um that's the kind of stuff that i would proceed with caution uh because you never know how that system is going to actually you know perform with the oem systems right uh as well as how the person generally speaking people that have modified their vehicles for for improved performance drive them <laughs> pretty hard yeah and so, also you you might want to ask who it was done by like did you do it in your yeah. garage or did like a professional do it yes, you know those absolutely. are the kinds of questions you might want to ask when dealing with performance cars specifically yeah uh with performance cars there's like a whole other list of things you should be looking for yes. so maybe we should do a different episode yeah about that. that's the, and that's the other thing regardless um one thing that isn't a a terrible idea especially when you're talking you know kind of high dollar used for 150 bucks or whatever to take the vehicle to your dealer uh, or your your mechanic Trusted sorry mechanic. yeah and have them or just a local one if you're buying out of town to have them give it a once over so that they can give you kind of a diagnosis and let you know what they think of the vehicle again it's peace of mind if the seller is not okay with you doing that that's a bit of a red flag yeah, for sure. I mean, on, again, honesty is the best policy. So if yeah. they have nothing to hide, then why wouldn't they let exactly. you do that, right? So um, that's not a terrible way to kind of give yourself that extra peace of mind. Just take it in. Again, if it's out of town, you can go to any, you know, any like locally, um, like highly reviewed mechanic or even a place like a Canadian Tire yeah. or like a Midas, a chain that you Just can to get go a second and opinion. get that second opinion for what it's worth, you know, to pay for that especially if you're paying 20, 30, $40,000 for a used vehicle, I wouldn't, you know, be opposed to doing that. Yeah, it's a small investment yes. for some extra peace of mind, totally. which is always a smart thing to do. Um, so if any of you have questions about this process, please email us at expert at trader.ca. Um, before we do our Ask an Expert segment for this episode, here's a message from our overlords. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. So today's Ask an Expert question is one that we get a lot, and it's something you talk about in almost every review that you do. Really? Yeah. So you often say that the destination fee isn't negotiable. Oh, yes. Why is this? And do you need to pay this fee if you're buying a used car? Okay. Um, great question. That is a great question. So I guess the the whole thing really comes, why is it separate? I don't know. 
Uh, it really shouldn't be. I've said this in the past. It's like the only consumer good that you can buy in Canada where you have to pay to get it to the store you're buying it they from. They should just bundle it into the price. Like that's Genesis what I've does been that and that's and and people respond really well. And there is a certain amount of like, you know, you've been duped because it's not Genesis isn't covering that cost. Genesis is still passing that down to the buyer. It's just bulked into the the sticker price. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some transparency of seeing it as a separate line item, but yes, you do have to pay it on a new vehicle. If it's pre-owned, um, including a demo. So it, once it's been registered, don't let that be passed along to you. If you go to buy, even if it's only like a six month old demo that the, I don't know, the dealer manager has been driving. If they try to pass that destination fee along to you, either tell them no or walk out the door because that is not on you as the, that is the first person that registered the vehicle is paying for the the destination and, and PDI, which is the pre-delivery inspection. Um, generally it's a couple grand. It's not negotiable because again, just like if you walked into an electronics store to buy a TV, they're not going to foot the bill for, for getting that TV to the store. You got to pay to, to buy it from your local dealer. Um, it's a couple grand. Yeah, it sucks. It's more expensive now than it's ever been mm-hmm. because of insurance and transportation costs, gas is expensive, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that I think that pretty much covers it, right? Yeah, so it's it's not negotiable. You'll always have to pay it on a new vehicle. Yeah. Um, and you do not need to pay it if you are buying a used car. Yeah, so again, even if it's a pre-owned demo that's you know only got a few thousand kilometers on the odometer or whatever, once it's been registered, that should not be passed along to the next buyer. Got it. Thank you so much for your question. If anyone has any car related questions or personal questions that you would like to ask Dan or I, you can email expert at trader.ca. Uh, so thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, drive safe out there and we'll see you next time. Bye guys.